Hi there, my name is Jonathan. I'm the host here at The Venue RX, and our mission is to document and share the best practices for building, owning, operating, and managing world-class wedding venues. Our company, Common Sense Events, is a venue management company that consults, manages, and operates venues all over the US. I'm here to share the mindset and methods that have worked for us in the past and are working for us now as we continue to build our venue management company. Thank you so much for listening. Please consider subscribing and sharing this, and let's get to the show how you decided the different pieces of your venue. I am around the age of most brides getting married. So that was kind of helpful because I'm on Pinterest. I'm on TikTok. I'm like seeing what brides want, but I'm also seeing what the different venues in the area have gotten right. And like another thing that I kept in mind was photography. So I like scroll through everybody's social media and I'd be like, oh, this is like really dark. Like I'm sure the photographer is not loving working here. Mostly just stock Instagrams. You're listening to the Venue RX podcast. What's up everyone? Jonathan here with the Venue RX and we are doing another one of our real venue owner series shows today. And I love these. And you know I love these if you've listened to any of them in the past because we get to talk to venue owners. We get to talk to people who are in the trenches, in the day-to-day, you know, operations of their business. They're, they have built their venue. They've bought their venue. You know, they are hosting weddings at their venue. And regardless of where they're at in the life cycle, whether it's, you know, a couple months in, a year in, or 10 years in, there are so many incredible things we get to learn from them. And, you know, we just get to learn more about uh, this industry that we're in. And so, again, if you haven't joined this show in the past, or this is your first time, my name's Jonathan, host here at The Venue RX. We do this Venue Owner Series. We also create other bits of content today. But like I said, today is The Venue Owner Series. And so I am so delighted and really honored to have you, Sarah, uh, on our show today. Thank you so much for being here. Hi, Jonathan. Thank you so much for having me. Huge fan of the podcast. Love it. It's amazing. So helpful for us venue owners. Well, I'm so excited that you're on here. Like you told me that, like we turned on the recording and then you were like, I like, I've listened to your show. And I, I love that. Like that's, it's really encouraging to hear that. And, um, I'm excited to, you know, maybe even later pick your brain a little bit more about the type of stuff that you want to hear more about. So that's, that's really cool. Sounds great. Tell me about your venue. It's Parker Pines. It's located in South Carolina, correct? Yes. Lata, South Carolina. Can you kind of give us a, an intro story? Like I, I love a good origin story. So like where, where do you, like how do you get started in the venue business and where are you at right now? So kind of take us back a little bit. Yeah, so it's an interesting story. So back in 2015, um, my dad is in construction. So that's very lucky for when you're building a new venue. Um, he had a banker friend call him. and was like, there's this land for really cheap. It's kind of in the middle of nowhere. But, you know, Dollar Generals are popping up. It's got a ton of lumber. You can buy it, flip it really fast for like four times the price. And he's like, sounds great. So I invested in that with my parents. And we used to just like go out there, ride four wheelers, have a good time with our family, like grill, go fishing. And there was this really run down old barn on the front of our property. Since then, we've like remodeled it and now it's our rehearsal barn but it was really our goal to almost take that rustic vibe and have smaller events there but that never worked out so flash forward to 2018 I got married 
somewhere completely different. And it inspired me to do wedding planning. So I did wedding planning for about two years with my own company that I still have. Um, and my dad was like, hey, I want a legacy. You're pregnant now and you want like consistency on where you work every weekend. Let's do a wedding venue. So me and my family teamed up and we built a venue from the ground up. Wait, so you so you had this property. This property was in the family since you said you bought it in 2018? Or no, you got married? 2015. 2016. Got it. Okay, so you had this property for a little while, but there was never was there ever kind of a thought in your mind that you know you wanted to do a wedding venue? I heard events in there a little bit on the on the barn side. Was that ever part of the equation for you guys? Not when we first bought the land, not at all. Okay. So we just thought it was gonna be a quick flip investment property, but I found my passion in weddings and my dad with his construction knowledge was willing to dive in with that with me. That's huge. That's so cool. So it's a family affair, really. Your dad, is he the one who built it actually or did he kind of just oversee the building of it? He oversees the building of it, used all of his building connections with that. He had like his own architect in his office, so that's really helpful because I heard that it's really expensive, so that was really nice. Yeah, that's huge. And talk about like using what you have in your hands, right? I think some yeah. of the different people that we talk to, you know, they have a background in law or they have a background in real estate or, you know, whatever the different backgrounds are. and you know, they can parlay that into the business that they run and kind of make that their own special piece. That's huge. So how did you do, so you had the property already, you kind of used collaborative funds to purchase the property initially, but then was there an additional funding piece or did you have to raise money or kind of input money to be able to handle the build of the property? We did not, it was all out of pocket investment money, so. Huge. We didn't have to take out a loan or anything. So that was really huge. Okay. How long from the time when you started to the time when you finished? And was that surprising at all? Like, did it take longer or shorter than you expected? It took longer than I expected. Okay. Um, it took about three years from all of us going, yes, we're going to do a wedding venue to actually having our first wedding. So we put a lot of thought into it. I was like, we are not just going to build something to build something because sometimes, you know, my dad builds like some of those cookie cutter neighborhoods that pop up really fast. So he's like, let's get it done. And I'm like, no, like once we build it, this is permanent, like can't go back. So like, let's just take a minute, breathe, like, let me read the room on like what potential brides we want. Like, how can we be different from everybody in our area? And how can we stand out? Like, what can we do differently with inside of our reception hall that somebody else down the street is not doing? So, totally. And I, I have, back and forth. Well, I have a question about that that I want to circle back to. But before we talk about that, the three years that you mentioned. So during there, during that time period, at some some point, is COVID correct? Yes. So what was that like? Because you're in your, it sounds like you're in the build process and then COVID comes and were you, was there a moment that you're scratching your head going like, oh my gosh, was this a bad direction to go? Or what were your feelings during that time? Oddly enough, I don't think many people can say this about COVID, but COVID worked out really well for us because during that time in 2020, we like started construction right before like inflation hit and 
the price of wood like skyrocketed. We built, like had all of our materials before then. So when 2020 hit, we kind of just had time to breathe and take our time with building things. It wasn't like a huge rush. And then COVID almost kind of ended at the end of 2020. And everybody's like, okay, like I'm ready to have weddings again. So because all the other wedding venues around us had to panic and move everybody's dates and postpone and cancel, we were like, hey, we have a foundation and a layout of like what we want to do. And I have like a mood board of inspiration and I have an open calendar. So we just started taking bookings. Wow. Wow. That's so true. You were at the perfect, you were totally at the right place, right time. Because yeah, with a lot of the folks who already had bookings, they had to move all those bookings for six months or a year. Um, we're here in, in good old California where, you know, the pandemic, depending on who you talk to, is still going on. Um, but I think it's, you know, different parts of the country. It ended a lot sooner, right? You have Florida, you have places on the East Coast, places in the Midwest that maybe it lasted a month or two. You know, so different parts of the country certainly handled it different ways. But regardless, I think there was that, even if it was just a couple months, three months, six months, things like that, there was kind of this shifting of dates. As a result of that, how many weddings did you end up booking kind of in this first year? Because you guys have been open now just about a year, correct? Yes, we had our first wedding on October 2nd of 2021. And it was actually um, my first cousin, who's like my sister. So we basically gave her a wedding for free for her to be our guinea pig I before we did it with a stranger because she was going to be happy with anything. So that was good that the first real wedding was a family member. That's huge. When you had that first wedding, was it an emotional experience at all? Because you kind of like you saw things coming to life that you had maybe just had in, in your mind so far? Or were you kind of on the other spectrum? Like you were picking things apart because you're like, oh, okay, we have to fix that. We have to fix this. We need something else over there. What was your- It was almost like, it was a sigh of relief knowing that the stressful side of construction was over. So now we can just like enjoy people starting to get married and we don't have to worry about the doors, the metal building guy cutting out the doors the wrong size, or the plumbing guy coming in and crushing the septic tank the week before our first wedding. So. Oh my gosh, was this real thing? These are real things that happened? Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. What else? I mean, that's, that's crazy. Was there like a moment of panic or was it just like, okay, we know how to handle this? Um, the septic tank one was a big deal because Two, two, like almost two tons of concrete going underground is kind of no joke. So it's not really something you can just kind of like pop up real quick. But luckily my dad had a connection and he called him in a panic because we were like less than a week away from my cousin's wedding, which was our first wedding. And he's like, you have to do this. And he's like, I don't know if I can. He's like, you're just going to have to. Wow. Wow. So then <clears throat> ends up getting fixed. You guys are then off to the races. How many weddings have you actually had on property? October 1st. So here we are, November 1st of 2022. So we're a month, a year and a month from that. How many weddings have you had on property? Um, we've done about 30 weddings. Wow. That's an awesome first year. That's so yeah. cool. 
And then we're already like booked completely for next year and for the spring of 2024. So it is crazy. Congratulations. That's so exciting to hear. I have a question about how you decided the different pieces of your venue. You know, you said you did some market research. You said you kind of had that planning arm before. As you were thinking about your venue compared to the other venues around, what things stood out to you that you really wanted to include? Um, and how did you go about, like, was it just, did you just kind of like secret shop the other venues in the area? Like, how did you figure out, like, I love this, I don't want that, this is what 2023 brides are going to want? Like, how did you make those decisions? Well, I felt like it was really, the helpful part was I am around the age of most brides getting married. So that was kind of helpful because I'm on Pinterest, I'm on TikTok, I'm like seeing what brides want, but I'm also seeing what the different venues in the area have gotten right and like how brides might want the rustic feel without feeling completely rustic. And another thing that I kept in mind was photography. So I like scroll through everybody's social media and I'd be like, oh, this is like really dark. Like I'm sure the photographer is not loving working here or, you know, like they have a really small getting ready space. So I would just like mostly just stock Instagrams. That's huge. Okay. So Instagram was a good place. And then just also putting, uh, going on, you said TikTok, Pinterest, or just like looking at other people's websites. I didn't go to the venues, but I like looked around to see like what I wanted to do differently from them. Got it. Got it. That makes a lot of sense. So for anyone, anyone out there who's maybe doing that market research right now, or trying to figure that out, thinking about, it sounds like you really thought forward, right? Because you were trying to think what people would want in 2023, not just, you know, everyone is going to do, you know, whatever type of wedding had been done. Barn weddings, I know, were really, really popular for a little bit, and then maybe, maybe getting less, less popular now. Um, So take me then through, you're at this point where, you know, you open the doors on your venue, your cousin's wedding, You've kind of solved some of those things, uh, the, some of the construction side of things. At what point did you start working on a website? At what point did you start? You started selling before you were complete, correct? Oh, yes, okay. for sure. So I had the website. We opened in 2021. I was tinkering around with the thought of a website since 2019. Okay. But so- the website we have now kind of came to fruition within this past year as I wanted to like raise our pricing and appeal to a new clientele. Totally. And Sarah, I mean, it's beautiful. Like I, and anyone who's listening, watching this on YouTube, wherever, like you're going to have to check out the website. Your website's really cool. I love the little dynamic elements and things like that. So that is a second version, correct? Yes. Okay. My advice is you think you can do it yourself, but you're gonna realize you are terrible with technology. So just invest in somebody doing it for you. Did it take a long time to find that person or was that that process pretty easy, finding someone to help with the website? It was pretty easy. One, I did some like Instagram stalking of some other venues like in Texas and I love their websites. So you just scroll down to the bottom and you see who did their website. Click on it, say, hey, I saw you on XYZ Venue. Do make that for me. Yeah, basically. I love that. I love that. That's the best way. Like sometimes, you know, 
doing imitation with your own flair is the best because you get all the crude benefit of all of the creative design that went into it. Plus, you get to add your own flair and you get to add you know, the things that are important to you. I love that. Yeah. Talk to me about marketing. So how are you attracting couples? Are you using platforms like Wedding Wire or The Knot? Are you on Instagram? You mentioned TikTok. Are you on TikTok? What are you doing currently? So I am on every social media platform that you can think of except for like Twitter because that's pointless. But I'm on Facebook, Instagram, went viral on TikTok. Don't even ask me how that was something else. And then I realized, oh no, I actually have to pay attention to TikTok now. So did that and I gave in to the wedding wire and the nut because I felt pressured because everybody else around me was doing it. And that sounds so bad, but unlike a lot of people that I hear is actually working out really well for us. That's we are true. bringing in, um, since we are kind of like in the middle of nowhere type of vibes on the border, almost of North and South Carolina, we're pulling in because of the wedding wire and the knot, we're pulling in a bunch of clientele that wouldn't have found us otherwise. Got it. And do you, so I've actually heard that before from other folks who say that they haven't used Wedding Wire or The Knot because it's pulling in different clientele from different places and those people may not be interested in driving to the property or it's outside of their you know, range that they're really interested in getting married. Have you experienced that? Like when you follow up with a lead, have you experienced people saying, oh gosh, you're, you're over there? Like have you heard that at all or not so much? I really haven't. It's kind of like we worked really hard to build something unique to our area that people want to drive three plus hours to. Oh, wow. So is, it's awesome. And is that how far people are typically driving to go to your venue? Um, I would say the least is right in town. So like less than 10 minutes away, but we've had people, I just had a tour this past Sunday. They were from somewhere almost four hours away from us and booked with us. Oh, wow. And then I had an inquiry and she wanted to come to her. She was from California, but she was in the military. So it's just crazy. Dang, wow. So that's really neat. It seems like because of the intentionality that you use to design the property, you know, you're, you're getting people that are really excited about getting married there. The transportation is not that much of an issue. Yeah. Now it's, um, I feel like I hired a social media manager and she has saved my life. And she's only a social media manager for wedding pros. So that was amazing. And she's like super intentional about like showing off the venue and all of our features. So she's pulling in people. So when they come and tour, they already know that they want to book with us. They just want to make sure that in person matches the pictures and they're not getting catfished. Totally. That makes a lot of sense. So they're already kind of sold in a lot of ways before they show up qualified. Yeah. They're just meeting you. They're meeting the team. So you, it's kind of funny. You read my mind. I was going to ask about the social media. Um, who have you used like vendors? So you said a social media manager. Is that social media manager the person who's doing your TikTok, your reels, like your Instagram, like all of the posting on all the different social platforms? Or are you doing some of that? So I do TikTok on my own because I'm there on the wedding day getting like raw footage on my phone of like wedding setups. And she's more like the official social medias 
with Instagram and Facebook and creating reels on Instagram because my brain can't figure out TikTok and reels. So, yeah, it's so crazy. They're very similar, but also very different. So it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it sounds like you had someone who built the website. And then do you have anyone who is helping do any sort of other paid ads or anything like that to attract or you're doing the wedding wire, the knot, and then all of the, the organic media? Yeah, so I just do organic media and then wedding wire and the knot is the only paid advertising that I do, except around engagement season. So like around Thanksgiving, I'm actually set up a fun little giveaway. Um, I'm giving away a painted, custom painted champagne bottle to like put our name out there. So you don't even have to be like a couple. So like that's a fun way to get like new followers and new engagement on your posts. And then I'll also do like paid targeted ads around Thanksgiving, Christmas to really hook in those new engaged people. Totally. During those seasonal periods where people are really, yeah. really excited about checking venues out and they're like actively looking. Yeah. That makes when their sense. phone knows that they're constantly Googling weddings all the time. Yeah, <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. And we're coming up. We're coming up on that season right now. It's pretty exciting. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about the venue. We've kind of talked about marketing. We've talked about um, you know the build of the venue, obviously. But what do people get when they book with you? Kind of what does your what does a package look like for you guys? Are they able to stay overnight? Tell me a little bit about the property and the experience clients get when they're they're on site with you. Yeah, so you said it right there. Um, what we want to do is create an experience for our clients, not just churn and burn them in and out Friday, Saturday, Sunday, might not, not even know your name. Like, so we are really intentional with creating an experience for our couples. So um, we built our on site cabins. So we have little five cabins, and they each sleep four people. So you could sleep up to 20 of your closest family friends and so you come in on Friday and you check out on Sunday awesome. so you can come in decorate the reception hall on Friday enjoy your wedding Saturday and then do all the terrible cleaning up on Sunday that makes so much sense because it really allows people to settle in you know get get a feel for the space really like make the space their own during that time so that wedding day is really relaxed yeah with the 20 people that they stay uh, that are stay like stay on the property there do you typically have um, relationships with hotels or Airbnbs or something like that for the rest of the guests, especially if they're people driving in? Yeah, so we got really lucky back to the COVID thing. During COVID, um, right down the street, about 10 minutes away, um, they built a new hotel that does room blocks. So it was just like, ah, yes. And then there's another hotel like two minutes past that one. So there's lots of options. That's huge. That's, that's so important. You know, it's funny, some of the properties that, well, some of the properties that we manage here in California, but definitely some of the other venue owners that I've talked to, you know, their property is, you know, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, an hour out of town. And a lot of times, you know, there aren't really good local hotel accommodations. So you have to figure out like a transportation piece and all that. But it sounds like with the proximity there, there's really a lot of options for people. Yeah, got very lucky. That's, that's so cool. Um, do you, as far as what people get, so they get the whole weekend, um, was there a point where you were debating that internally? Because I know, you know, you said the experience, so I, I love that side of it, because that's really why I 
got into this industry. We started on the staffing side um, <clears throat> and just really like providing a good experience with staffing. And now we do that for venues. But um, I hear the experience piece is important. But then with the, like, the financial side of it, is, was it a tough discussion or tough decision to make to only sell weekends versus selling Friday, Saturday, Sunday individually? No, because um, I have a two-year-old son, so it was worth it for me to only do one wedding a weekend to get my time and freedom back. Because i doing it for a year now. I know I'd absolutely be miserable. I'd be on burnout. I'd be like, why am I doing this? I'd probably have no hair if I did one every single day of the week. And yeah. it just made me nuts. So when you were creating the price then, you just packaged it in a way that you know you can take care of all your bills and all that plus make a profit and not have to like run around with a chicken, like a chicken with your head cut off. Yes, exactly. Okay, that makes sense. You, you mentioned you, know, you doing it and possibly getting exhausted. Do you have a team who helps you do set up and tear down? Uh, are you doing the tours or do you have someone else doing the tours? Tell me a little bit about your team if, if you have one, if it's you or like whoever. Yeah, so um, my dad is the maintenance man. Um, I'm the venue manager, tour face. I'll email you like you work with me the whole time. Um, my mom was my day of assistant for a long time. And she was kind of like, I want to go to football games. So I was like, okay. So I started hiring day of assistants that I'm hoping will move up to do tours one day. But I kind of like to vet people working on wedding days because wedding days are the most stressful. So you can see how we work together during like the most stressful environment. And then I can decide if I want you to stick around and do tours and become like the face of the company on my behalf. So it's definitely family run. And we have two guys that work for my dad's construction company that come out and they do the setup for the reception and set up for the ceremony. And on wedding days, between like setup and breakdown of the ceremony, they do parking. So Very they cool. do it all. Yeah, and, and probably having a couple extra people like that on property, I know for any of our locations, like there's a security aspect too, to like not just open the venue to folks and just let them kind of do their own thing, but have a little bit of a, a sense of venue staff being on site. Speaking of security, do you, how do you handle security and do you uh, do the bar at your property or do you allow people to bring their bar in? What's the alcohol situation like? Yeah, so we don't require anybody to hire security or anything like that. Um, but we do require them to hire a professional insured bartender to serve the alcohol. So they can't even have it without somebody serving it for them. Got it. Yeah, I, I think there are some venues that I've talked to that have it a little bit more open. And I always think that there's concerns, like almost safety concerns with that, because you know you get 150 people, 200 people going and drinking and getting all crazy, then it's like, you know, what, yes. what, what could happen? <laughs> yeah. And I think I learned that from my own wedding, because somebody enjoyed the open bar a little too much at mine and ruined my sparkler exit by busting his head open. So. <laughs> Oh my gosh. So I was like, this is the first thing that we're going to talk about. I was like, we have, like, they can't just 
Uncle Jimmy can't just be like shots in the corner. I was like, no. But uh, the other big pushback I get from like potential clients on tours, they're like, well, it's just beer and wine. And so I tell them, um, my mom and her friends could drink several bottles on a fun night each. I was like, I mean, beer and wine, you could, you could get crazy on that. So I was like, don't underestimate it. So I'm like, you have to have a bartender. Like, I'm sorry, but you'll thank me later when something happens and yeah. you're covered. It's a totally different experience. Do, do you, so you said it's only beer and wine. Why, why is it only beer and wine at the property? Oh, so you can do liquor and beer and wine, but like a lot of people are like, oh, but we're just having beer and wine. So like, I don't need a bartender. And I'm like, yes, you do. Because people will find ways to get drunk if they want to. Yeah. They're like, oh, we're just having the soft stuff. You're like, no, you can still, you can still do some damage. Yeah. Oh, yes. Believe me. (laughs) Is South Carolina uh, difficult to like get permits for things or are there... Um, noise restrictions like do you allow people to go to 10 or midnight what's the what's kind of the hour hour time that you allow them on property yeah so for like Saturday night for like the reception hall I just tell them that the party needs to be over by around 11 at the latest that's just because we are like 30 minutes is like the closest biggest city from us so I just say it's for your vendors because usually the DJ has this huge setup that he takes a couple hours to set up and break down. So I just don't want him like suffering until 2 a.m. trying to pack up his stuff. Yeah, got it. So 11, 11 o'clock, then they you know, have some time to wrap up, get off site. Um, and then obviously the people who are staying you know, go back. <clears throat> as far as permitting and things like that, the property specifically, I know you had it but did you have to like rezone it or <clears throat> get certain permits or anything like that? Um, we just had to work with the county pretty closely. And basically, if you build anything, you needed a permit. So right, right now, we're building a little storage building. We have to have an electrical permit, which is very odd because we are in a very small county city. You'd think that they'd just be like, Yes, like you're bringing in people to our small town, but they have been very strict, hmm. but also very helpful to work with. So. That's, that's awesome. Does it, is it, I mean, what's, what's that timeline like? And I'm asking almost selfishly a little bit, because like here in California, it's insane. I mean, it's like you, they do require permits for pretty much anything and everything. And it's like the permit will take a year or maybe even two okay. years. Yeah. Yeah, ours takes like maybe a week to two weeks. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's... Yeah, it just depends on the person that's in charge of getting your permit. Fair. <laughs> I think that's... the longest we've had to wait is like a month. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's that's awesome. That's really cool. <laughs> so you're like, oh, like you're yeah. very lucky. It, yeah, that, that hurts a little bit. Yeah, anything out here is just like, oh, boy. get You get the county involved, and, and, it, and it takes quite a while. But... Um, Awesome. Okay. Well, I want to, I have two more questions for you. Kind of the last two questions that I like to like to ask people, what is your least favorite part? Let's start with that. And then let's end on your most favorite part. So we'll go least and, and, and most favorite. My least favorite part is taking out the trash. So we have a dumpster on site, but we keep it kind of away from the reception hall because it just, the smell is just truly terrible. So during your wedding, 
I'm there to like take out some trash as you're going along. And then I kind of reach a point at the night where I'm like, hi, like have a good night. Like I'm not gonna lurk in the corner anymore, but just like leave your trash inside in the trash cans. I'll be back tomorrow to get it. So then I have to take it out the next day. And it's just truly terrible how people overstuff trash cans and barbecue falls all over you or the taco <laughs> bar. And it's just, it's just a bad day. Oh no, I can't say that that uh, that hasn't happened to me before. I've definitely, definitely been there. Strong, uh, strong barbecue. You just like get back in the car and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna need to wash, wash my car the next day. It's gonna smell like food. Yeah, and you're like, I'm never eating that again. <laughs> People oh, are always like, don't you want to plate? I'm like, no, because I have to take out the trash later. So, nope. Yeah, already ruined for me. Yeah. Tell me about your favorite part. What's, what's the best part or has been the best part so far? My favorite part is just like creating something that just means so much to people. Like it's going to be like when a couple gets married with us, that's going to be like what they tell their grandkids and like pictures that they show us like of our property. Like that is just so cool to me. Yeah. That piece. It makes it so surreal. Yeah. Just being a part of someone else's life in such a meaningful way. Yeah. Especially yeah. since we never got into this with the intent of like sharing it with other families and doing events. So and it's just really cool. Like my dad like brought his truck one day for like a couple to take pictures with and you could just see him taking pictures on his phone and he's like tearing up because it just, it's just so cool. Yeah. That's so cool. I love that. I, I, uh, it's really inspiring hearing your story and just like the way that you guys used what you had, you know, your dad was a contractor. It was like, Hey, this makes sense. You had this property, you kind of put it all together and the timing was incredible. And I'm so, um, I'm so excited for you guys. Like, you know, just over your first year here and with all the bookings and all the momentum going into 2020, three now. Oh my gosh. I can't believe it's almost, almost 2022 is almost over. Um, but yeah, Sarah, thank you so much. I appreciate you coming on the show and I really, I want to encourage everyone to go check out your website. It, it is really nice. It gives a really pretty showcase of your property. It looks like some gorgeous, you know, panning shots of everything. And, uh, I think everyone, everyone will, will really like it, but if they want to connect with you specifically, um, let's say whether it's about you know venue stuff or, or otherwise, where is the best place to get a hold of you? So you can go through our website on our contact form, and it just through that it emails me directly, or you can email me just directly at Sarah with an H at ParkerPinesEvents.com. Amazing, amazing. And actually, Sarah, I want to I want to ask before I hop off because I totally forgot. Do you use any sort of CRM system or anything like that to track clients through the booking process? Yes, I just started um, a new one a couple weeks ago. It's called Weavin. I found out about it through my wedding vendors Facebook group. And it is a CRM completely created hand in hand with wedding venue owners. So like the pipeline at the top, cause I was using HoneyBook. So like the pipeline at the top, like doesn't have all that crazy extra nonsense that you don't need. So it's basically like inquiry, tour request, 
toured, booked, or lost. And it's just makes it so much easier. And then once they like join the like planning process, they can upload like their day off timelines, their reception layouts, they can get insurance through it. So it's just, it's gonna make my life easier. So I'm really excited about it. That's huge. I'm gonna have to check that out. I'm really curious now. We're using HoneyBook and definitely some bones that I have to pick with, uh, with the system. I mean, we've adapted it, but um, very cool. Awesome. Well, yeah. Sarah, thanks again for coming on. Really appreciate your time. And um, yeah, we'll, we'll see everyone in the next episode. Yeah, thanks for having me. Hey there, thanks so much for listening. If you are a return listener, could you do me a huge favor and consider rating and reviewing the show? We don't run ads. We're not really looking to do that, but we do want to grow the show. And so my ask to you is you take a moment or two and rate the show wherever you're listening to it, whether that is Apple Music, Spotify, uh, even if you're on you know, YouTube, I'd love, to, I'd love to hear from you. Please shoot me a DM though on Instagram so that I can thank you personally and I'd love to shout you out as well. I appreciate you more than you can imagine. All right, back to the show.